reality here this morning. Luke chapter 15, beginning with verse 11, one of the great parables of Jesus. He said, Jesus said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto them that his living. And not many days after the younger was gathered, son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father's house. I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. And I want to preach to you this morning on the subject, the spirit of the father. The spirit of the father. Could you just lift your voice with me one more time? As we go to the Lord in prayer for his word. Lord, I thank you for this day and for this moment. And every moment you afford us where we can come together and open the word of life. Breaking the bread of life that feeds every man, woman, and child. I pray in Jesus' name that your word would have free course. Help us to receive of your great word. To take shelter in your great name. I pray for an anointing upon me as I preach and upon all of us as we receive. I pray, Lord, that you would just move in this house as you see fit in Jesus' precious name. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I'm so glad to see some of my former neighbors here today. God bless you. Can we give them a great big hand? Thank you for coming and being with us this morning. Amen. In the book of John, chapter 14, the scripture describes a conversation that Jesus has with one of his disciples. And the conversation, it was with Philip. Philip says to the Lord, he said, Lord, if you'll show us the Father, it would suffice us. If you would show us the Father, that would, that would make us happy. I mean, we're walking with you, we're talking with you, we are, we are living life alongside of you. And we appreciate everything that you're saying and everything that you're doing, but... But Philip said, Lord, honestly, if you just show us the Father, that would be everything to us. And Jesus said to him, and I love Jesus' response. He said to him, Philip, have I been so long time with you and you still don't know who I am? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? I love that response because that's Jesus saying, Philip... Um, have you not been paying attention? 
I mean, we've been walking, talking, performing miracles. We've been doing such good works together. Right. And it kind of sounds like you've not been paying real close attention because if you had been, maybe you would know that, that you've been with the Father this whole time, right. that you've been with me. It's important that we understand that about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Father in human flesh, which makes him the only begotten Son of God. But he, he is the Father, our Heavenly Father in human flesh. And if you could put 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 on the screen, I want to point this great verse of Scripture out to you. 1 Timothy 3.16, this is the Apostle Paul to the young man Timothy Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. So the Apostle Paul is saying, look, I, there's no debate. He's a great God. And, and there are so many things we don't understand. And there are great mysteries. But here's what we do understand. God was manifest in the flesh. Who was? God was. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. Received up into glory. God was manifest in the flesh and God in all of his power he was manifest in human flesh and took upon him the form of a man that's who became our savior God manifest in the flesh very important that we understand that about Jesus because there's a reason why God did this God manifested himself into human flesh so that we could understand the Son of God. He became the Son of God so that we could understand the Son of God. And, and not only did He come to reveal to us who He is, but He came to reveal to us who we are. He wants us to understand that we are children of God. Now, there's a reason why God did this. He did this because man has forgotten who he is. Man doesn't know who he is. Man is very confused. This confusion began in the book of Genesis. When Adam sinned and was disobedient before God. Eve was deceived. Adam was disobedient. And it was through the sin of Adam's disobedience that death entered into the world. And there's this this whole relationship with God was so beautiful leading up to that moment. But the moment that man sinned and was disobedient to God, something changed. And that change is reflected immediately in the Bible. There's this exchange between Adam and God that is very telling, very revealing. God comes down into the garden as at other times and he says to man, where are you? Man is hiding. He won't come out of hiding. He finally does. And the Lord asks him, why were you hiding? And man introduces a concept that we encounter for the first time in the word of God. Adam says, I heard your voice and was afraid. It's the first time fear enters into the conceptual thinking of humanity. I heard your voice and I was afraid. Before that, there was no fear. Before there was sin, there was no fear. Before there was sin, there was no anxiety. There was no worry. There was, there was no confusion. But, but once there was sin, now all of a sudden, man is afraid. 
And, and he said, I heard your voice and was afraid. Now, the Bible describes the voice of God walking in the garden and, and man and God walking in the cool of the day. There was, a, there was a communion that existed between God and man until there was sin. Now, when man hears God's voice, he doesn't hear cool of the day. He doesn't hear soothing. He doesn't hear compassion or kindness. He hears something that makes him afraid. It's important to know that God did not change. God is love. God was love. God never stopped being love. But man did change. His mind had been distorted by his own sin. His mind had become conflicted, complicated by the disobedience that he had acted upon. And so now when he hears the voice of God, ladies and gentlemen, when you hear the voice of God, it's supposed to be the most rich, rewarding, beautiful, pacifying voice and sound you'll ever hear. But that's not how man perceived it. Man perceived it as being a, something to be afraid of. And so he hid himself. We see this happen again with the children of Israel when when, when Moses brought them to the mountain and as they come to the mountain, the Bible says they looked upon the, upon the mountain and it did burn. It burned with blackness and darkness and tempest and there were vapors of smoke and there was lightning and they could hear thunder. And it was, it was this just awful display that was terrifying and it would be terrifying, but it was just God talking. That's all it was. It was just God speaking. But, but the way that the carnal mind of man hears the voice of God in its, raw, in its rawness is simply to be afraid of it. It, it sounds like thunder. It looks like lightning. It, it, it looks like darkness and tempest. And, and, and it made man afraid. Moses said, no, listen, it's just God talking. If you'll, if you'll go to the mountain and step into his presence and hear his voice, you won't be nearly as afraid of it as what you are right now. Just, just give him a chance to show you what kind of a God he is. But man was constantly afraid of God. I'll give you an illustration of it. In the story of Moses and the burning bush, one of the great stories of the word of God, Moses stands before a burning bush. The bush is burning, but it's not actually con being consumed. It's not burning up. It's just continually burning. That would be a strange sign. And Moses said as much. It's a strange sight. He said, I will now turn aside to see this strange sight. This bush is burning but not being consumed. Out of the flame of fire came the voice of God. The voice of God said, Moses, come hither to me. And as Moses was coming toward him, the Lord said, before you come, take off your shoes. The place whereon you stand is holy ground. I'm going to tell you how my carnal mind perceived that before I really knew God. My carnal mind perceived that as though God said, Moses, I want you to come into my presence. Don't be afraid. Come into my presence. Wait, wait, hold on. What are you wearing? Get those shoes off. Take your shoes off. Man, don't come into my presence with your nasty old shoes on your feet. What kind of place do you think this is? Were you raised in a barn? Take your shoes off. All right, fine. Now, 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 come unto me. That's kind of how I perceived it. Don't mess up my carpet kind of a thing. But that's not what it was. it was. It was God saying, Moses, I want you to come into my presence. But I want you to take off your shoes because the place whereon you stand is holy ground. This is ground that is different than any other ground you've ever stood upon. 
Now you're a shepherd and I know you need those shoes because as a shepherd you might step on a rock or you might step on a thorn or a thistle or a scorpion or a jagged piece of something. So he said, I know you need the shoes, but that's out there. In here, you're on holy ground. So I want you to take off the shoes and, and enjoy being in the presence of your heavenly father. Folks, that's your God. That's your heavenly father. He loves you with an everlasting love. And so he manifested himself in human flesh so that we could have a glimpse of him and see him for who he is. And, and he's not just lightning and thunder and darkness and tempest. That's how our fleshly, sinful, disobedient, conflicted, distorted, warped mind thinks of him. But when you see him in his truth he's kind and gentle and meek and lowly and loving and helpful that's your God and so the Bible says that in the beginning was the word the word was with God the word was God and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory is of the only begotten of the father full of grace and full of truth hallelujah see man forgot who God is and he forgot who he was and so so this relationship splintered and the longer the line descended into generations the further from God man became and today man has no clue who God is and man has no clue who he himself is this world is confused you know it I don't have to tell you you have you can see and hear and understand the world around you is confused they call evil good and good evil they call truth false and false truth they they, they don't know what is right they don't know what is wrong they are confused they need to see God they need to see their creator they need to see him for who he really is not somebody's vain impersonation of him or interpretation of him they need to see the Lord high and lifted up his train filling the temple they need to see God and that's what God came to do he, he poured himself into the body of man and said look upon me and so when you look at Jesus you are seeing the father oh hallelujah and Jesus that's that's what he he was very clear about that he wanted everybody to know I'm here to show you the father I'm here to tell you the father I'm here to to explain to you the father you 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 I am the father I and my father are one hallelujah and so he said Many times he would explain to them, look, I want to tell you about this father of yours. He said, you know, let me ask you a question. He said, if your child ever came to you and asked for some bread, would you give your child like rocks? Would that be funny to you if they, they're like, I want some bread. Okay, here you go. Here's rocks. And, and he said, no, you wouldn't do that because you have some decency about you. What if they asked you for a fish to eat? Would you, would you give them a scorpion if they asked for nourishing meat like fish would you would you be cruel and give them a scorpion full of deadly poison is that would you do that no you wouldn't because you have decency yet you're fallen you're a fallen creature you're you're fallen and sinful but you still wouldn't do something like that he said if you then being evil yes he called us evil if you then being evil know how to give your children what they need how much more shall your heavenly father give you the the Holy Spirit when you ask it of him 
He said he wants to give you what you need. In one place he said don't worry about tomorrow. What you shall eat. What you shall drink. What you shall wear. Don't worry about where your bread is going to come from. Because your father knows that you have need of these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Luke added to that and said that. Jesus, he recorded Jesus' words to say, It is the Father's good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. You don't have to go fight for it. The kingdom is his good pleasure to give unto you. You just have to know who God is. He's not stingy. He's not somebody who doesn't. He's not against you. He is for you. He wants to give to you the kingdom. That's how it works. They said, teach us to pray. He said, this is how you pray. You say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Hallelujah. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is your father. He wants to give you daily bread. This is your father. He, he doesn't want to lead you into temptation. He wants to deliver you from evil. This is your heavenly father. This was the whole purpose of Jesus to make sure people could get to him. But the only way they could get to him is if he became like them. Then they could all climb aboard and be baptized into the body in the name of Jesus Christ. And he said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Hallelujah. This is the message and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so he de demonstrated this in many different ways. And perhaps one of the most beautiful ways he demonstrated it is in Luke chapter 15. In the beautiful parable that we read. This prodigal son, he's both infamous and famous. He's infamous because he walked away from his father. And he lived riotously and wasted his substance. But he's famous because he came back home. And his father received him. And what a glorious, glorious conclusion to the parable it is. But Jesus told this parable to give you a glimpse of how the Father is and what the Spirit of the Father is really all about. He talks about this son, this prodigal son who goes to his father and says, Hey, Dad, he said, I, I want to have my inheritance and I want to have my inheritance right now. I don't want to wait. I want it now and I want to live how I want to live. The father said, Well, it is, it is yours. And so he gave him the inheritance and the man took the inheritance. And the Bible says he lived riotously. He wasted his substance. He lived among the harlots. This man was, this man was sowing his wild oats. He lived however he wanted to live. And, and, and when we finally find him in this parable, he, is, he has completely wasted the money that his father gave him. He has lived wretchedly. And is sitting in a pigsty, eating the stuff the pigs won't eat. He is feeding himself on the refuse of this world. And while he's sitting in this pigsty, he is so he is so 
just absolutely out of his mind with all that he has been through. His mind is so conflicted that, that, that the Bible said he actually had to come to himself. He kind of had to come to his senses. And I love that statement. He came to himself. Because I, that to me sounds a lot like what God did when he formed man in his own image. And then later he manifested himself into the body of a man. He came to himself. Hallelujah. God was manifest in the flesh that he created in his own image. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And when he came to himself, he said, I will arise and I will go to my father's house. Because he said, in my father's house... There are servants who live so much better than what I'm living now. And I know that I left under bad terms. And I know that I left like a fool. And I know that I left in a way that was cruel and embarrassing to my father. And I know I've made a mess of my life. And I understand that I don't deserve anything from him. And I get that I'm the one that got myself in this predicament. But, but I don't know where else to go. I don't know who else will have me. The Bible says says that he joined himself to a citizen of that country and the citizen of that country took him around and showed him around and let me tell you something when you go to live a life of sin there are plenty of citizens of that country that will show you the high life but they won't be there when you come crashing down They'll show you around and they might even act like they're a friend. They might even feel like a friend or seem like a confidant. But they're an agent of your adversary. And they're there to ruin your life. The citizen of that country was not with him while he sat in that pigsty. But he said, I know where I can go. And I know I don't deserve anything from him. And that he doesn't owe me anything. But I just wonder if maybe he'll let me be a servant in his house. I want you to take note of the fact that he was trying to plan all of this out. He had already thought down the path what it's going to be like when I get there. What's it going to feel like when I arrive? Because I, I, I know they're not going to expect me. And when they see me, they're probably going to wish I wasn't there. And, and when I get there, who knows, lightning might strike if I walk into my father's house. I mean, I, I can't think of anybody least likely to come to the Father's house but me. And I just wonder if they'll let me at least be a servant. I know I can't be a son, but maybe they'll let me become a servant. And so he had rationalized this and thought all of this through. He arises and he walks back to his Father's house. And he, nothing could have prepared him for what was about to happen. Because what he didn't know was that his Father was standing, watching out the window, waiting for his silhouette to emerge on the horizon. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Thank God. If you've got a good father, thank the Lord you've got a good father. If you've got a father that loves you and loves God, you ought to thank God every day that you have a good father. And if you didn't have that, then make sure you are that to, to your children and to those in your life. Make sure you're that good, godly person in the name of Jesus. I was blessed to have a good and godly father. And you know what? I, he, he didn't do everything all the time to please me. He did what was right, whether it pleased me or not. I remember when he would... We would, uh, I would get some money for something and he would, he would say, all right, you got to give your tithe to the Lord. You got to give something in offering and then you're going to give some of it to me. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't think that's how this works. That's how this works. 
you can give some of that to me. And so I would give some of it to him, and then he let me keep uh, most of it, of course, and I would, I would do with it what I wanted to do, and i have a big time with whatever little money I got, and I'd give him whatever he told me I had to give him, and I didn't know what he was doing with it until I came of age, and he handed over to me an account that he had been pouring money into all those years that was gaining interest. That was my father that was doing that. He never told me he was doing that. He was just doing that, and then he had it for me when I came of age. Why? Because he loved me. And I can trust him with my life And I can trust him with my substance And that's the way it is with your heavenly father He might require some sacrifice of you That you may not understand why he's requiring it But he knows what he's got in store for you Hallelujah He's looking out for your best interest You hear what I'm telling you You've got a God in heaven Who's watching over you And looking out for you And giving you a step ahead if you'll trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding but in all of your ways acknowledge him he will direct your path he's got a plan he's got a purpose he's got a providence for you that you can trust and that you can count on Hallelujah. That young man said, I don't know. I don't know what to expect when I get there. But, but I know I know my father well enough to know that I can at least show up. I'm going to go to my father's house. They may not want to see me. They may not want me to be there. They might turn me away. I don't know what to expect. But maybe he'll let me be a hired servant. And he went to his father's house. And his father never did look away. He was waiting for his son to come back home. He was watching out over the horizon. And when his son's silhouette emerged, the Bible says that the father ran to him. The father saw him. He had compassion on him. He ran to him. He fell on his neck. He kissed him. It wasn't a well... I guess you can come back, but you better make, you know, keep your, uh, earn your keep around here. It wasn't a smirk of, yeah, I was wondering how long it would take. No, no, no. It was, I ran to him. I saw him. I had compassion on him. I fell on his neck. I kissed him. I embraced him. I wanted to have my son back home. That's your heavenly father. He's not waiting to make you feel guilty. You already are guilty. You don't have to feel guilty. You are guilty. He sees you a far way off. And he runs to you and he has compassion on you. Hallelujah. That's your heavenly father. That's your heavenly father. And this prodigal son said, Dad, I know that I embarrassed you. I know that I was, I know I was foolish for the way I lived. I know I was foolish for what I demanded. I wish I could turn back time, but I don't have anything and I don't have anybody. He said, I just wonder, would it be all right if I came home to be a servant? I, I know I disowned you, and I didn't want you as my dad, but could I at least be a servant? Mighty God, mighty God. His father said, you're not my servant. You are my son. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Now, this is a beautiful parable of Jesus. And you all know exactly what I'm talking about. Do you remember when you rose up and came to the father's house and he saw you a far ways off? My Lord, have mercy. 
No wonder you shout and dance and talk in tongues and clap and stomp your feet. No wonder you rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. No wonder you get excited about the goodness of the Lord because you remember what it was like when you had nobody. You remember what it was like when you had no help or hope. You remember what it was like when nobody wanted anything to do with you. And it was your fault. But God, who is rich in mercy, God so loved you that he gave himself. What a wonderful God we serve. You know, that's why there are no big eyes and little U's in the church of the living God. Because all of us have been there before. That's why none of us can look down our nose at anybody because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I've often said, I've heard people say I should be dead and in my grave, but I, I take it a step further. I should be dead and in hell. I don't deserve to be here, but my God is so good. My God is so gracious. My God is so kind. He is so loving. He is so welcoming. He opens his arms to you and to your children and to all that are afar off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know that he loves you. You know that he loves you. You know that he loves you. Now you couple that knowledge with the knowledge that he knows everything about. Woo, now that'll blow your mind. Not only does he love you, but he knows everything. Thank you, Jesus. He knows stuff about you you don't know about yourself. And he loves you. My God, have mercy. I'd love to just take off shouting right now. I'd love to just dance for joy over this. But the parable is not complete if we don't talk about the way the older brother treated the situation. The older brother who just kind of emerges into the story and he's watching all of this unfold and he's looking at his younger brother who just was foolish and he's looking at his dad who he had had so much sympathy for for the way that he suffered while his brother was gone and he's wondering wait something's not right his dad's over there kill the fatted calf we're going to have a big party we're going to have a celebration he's back and so he said, Dad, I love you. And with all due respect, I have a question. I never got a big fatted calf. I never had a celebration on this, on this level. He said, my brother, who, who, who was an absolute shame to our name, is getting such amazing treatment from you. The father looked at him and said, all that I have is thine. You have ever been with me. But this, my son, was dead and is alive. Let me enjoy my son coming home. You don't know how much I love him and you. I love him so much. You saw me suffer, but if you could only understand that the only remedy for that suffering was to see him come home. Let me enjoy my son coming home. There is joy, the scripture says, in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repents. It brings God such joy when his children come to themselves and know I am his child. He loves me. 
He bought me. He laid down his life so that I could live. And when they come to that understanding, it's something like nothing else can describe. And he, the father said to the older brother, just let me have this. I love you and I love him. And he was dead. Now he's alive. Ah, glory to God. Glory to God. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that, that there are people that are coming into this church that show up on this campus and they arrive here and we have no idea what they've been through or what they've come from. We have no idea what argument they just left in their automobile when they shut the door and walk into this building. We have no idea what weight awaits them on Monday and Tuesday. We have no idea what diagnosis they just received from the doctor. We have no idea what their children or grandchildren are going through or what their parents or grandparents are dealing with. We have no idea the abuse that they've experienced and are currently experiencing. We have no idea where they're coming from, what pigsty they've risen out of, but we know such were some of us. We understand from our own life, people suffer. We know that people People are going through crisis every day. And when they show up here, this is their father's house. This isn't some kind of a strange place. Don't make them feel like strangers. Open yourself to them. Welcome them with open arms. And say, welcome home. Enter you into the joy of your Lord. This is your father's house. This is where you will be reacquainted and reintroduced with your heavenly father. That is, the, that is the reason that we have a focus today on the ministry of greeters and ushers and security and connect point and, and, and those who are, are dealing with people in media and sound. Those first impressions, those first impressions that people have of the church. It is so needful that we have the spirit of the Father upon us, that we are consumed with his love for his people, that we are baptized in the love that he showed unto us so that when somebody walks onto this campus they're greeted with the spirit of their heavenly father when they look for a seat in this sanctuary they are seated by an usher who is consumed with God's love for them they're not a burden to us. They are people that we are here to reach, to minister to, to help heal, to partner with in their journey to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We are here to help you find the Father. We are here to help you rise up. Hallelujah. Of whatever it is you've been facing. Now I want you to think about how this story would be totally different had the elder brother reached the prodigal son. Before the father. Just imagine. The kind of story we would be reading. It wouldn't have made it. It wouldn't be in here. Because it would have had such a different outcome. If the elder brother would have met him. Before he met the father. And said to him. Yeah we knew you'd be back. What can we do for you? What if the elder brother. Got to take all of his own baggage. All of his own issues, all of his envy, all of the pride he was dealing with, and was able to, to just throw that on this prodigal son instead of looking at him through the eyes of his father. That's what cannot happen when people come to the house of God. 
When people come to the house of God, they don't need to meet folks that have their own baggage that they refuse to give to God. They need to meet folks. Yeah, we've all got our issues. There's no question. Every single one of us has stuff we're dealing with. Right now, we're dealing with it. But, but we're ambassadors for Christ, whether we're dealing with stuff or not. Listen, we're the light of the world, whether we're dealing stuff or not. The Bible said, he said, don't let, he said, let no man put a bushel over the candle. There's a light that God has given you, and it's to be a light for this world. Do not put a bushel over the light that God has given you. So if you've got a bushel, take it off. I don't need a bushel and a peck. I'm going to take it off, and I'm going to let God let that light so shine before men. I want them to, and you know what he said? He said that they may behold your good works. Let your light so shine before men that they may behold your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let the light shine. Let them see your good works. We need more ushers. We need more greeters. We need more people involved with media and sound. Can we give our ushers a great big hand clap of appreciation for the work that they do? God bless them. Hallelujah. Making people feel welcome. Can we give our greeters a great big hand? It's an anointed ministry. Hallelujah. Before they hear a preacher, they're going to meet a greeter. Before they hear a song, they're going to meet an usher. God bless this ministry. We need more to be involved people involved in media and sound that are anointed of God to do this great work. Let's give all of our media and sound personnel a great big hand clap. God bless you for your sacrifice and the time that you take to provide a quality presentation both in person and via live stream. Thank you so much for this ministry that is reaching hundreds and thousands of people. Hundreds of thousands of people around the world. We receive emails and feedback from people around the world who are tuning in and listening in to the gospel of Jesus Christ. These are first impressions. They need to meet the father. Not the older brother with an attitude. They need to meet the father who has compassion and love for those who are seeking God hallelujah we thank God for connect point the information station it's not just the information station it's the Holy Ghost information station it's the anointed information station when you walk up to the connect point it, hallelujah we want folks to be greeted with a smile we want folks to be greeted with a hallelujah howdy do we want folks to that's not quite the, 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 the memorized line we want you to say but you get the you get the point we'll, we'll handle that stuff later but, but, but we need people that are full of God full of joy full of love if you've got issues and we all do make sure you're praying through make sure you're getting the victory and walk into this house on a mission I'm on a mission to find the prodigals I'm on a mission to find those who had been where I've been before those who are hurting those who are lonely those who are sick those who are under such duress and despair I want them to meet the father not the older brother thank God for security those that sacrifice their time to come in here and make sure that our children are safe and our young people are safe and the saints are safe and the grounds are safe. We thank God for security. Can you give security a great big hand clap? <laughs> Hallelujah. I thank God for maintenance and cleaning and landscaping and lawn mowing. Can you give these teams a great big hand clap of appreciation? 
Hallelujah. Before anybody meets a greeter or an usher, they see the physical presentation of the kingdom. It needs to be a presentation that is done of excellence. And we need more people involved with it because it's an all hands on deck. We all want to demonstrate the spirit of the Father. It's all hands on deck. Everybody engaged. Everybody involved. And it's not just for this campus, but it's for that big campus we're building. That big campus is not, that's not the only place God dwells. He will dwell there, but he dwells, he dwells everywhere the hungry heart is. But that's just a tool that we will use to reach prodigal sons. We're creating a place where they can come and find the truth of God. That's an expensive tool, but it's just a tool. And God's enabling us to build it. And we need the staff and the volunteers and the servants of the Lord that are dedicating their time yes. to minister to all who are lost. Hallelujah. Lord, here I am. Send me. Use me, oh Lord. We have people in this church right now who are here. Because somebody greeted them with such a warm greeting when they first arrived. They're not here because of the preaching. They're not here because of the singing that might have kept them and helped them. But they stayed because somebody made them feel welcome. Sometimes we can walk in and out of here kind of consumed with our own needs and our own issues. And walk by all the prodigals that are desperate for a hug from the Heavenly Father. And never take the time to even smile or say welcome. God forbid. God forbid. Could you just make a commitment with me right now? I'm going to be the friendliest person anybody sees at Tree of Life Church. You may not think it's important. I'm telling you, I'm telling you under the unction of the Holy Ghost, it is vitally important. When people walk into this house that they meet the friendly people of God who love them, who are here for them, who are going to help them through their struggle and through their trial. They're here to meet God. Let them meet God in you. Could you lift your hands right now in the name of the Lord and receive the word of life? Thank you, precious Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. Lord, we give you praise today. Come on, lift up your hands all across this building. He's in this house. He's in this place. He's in this place. He's in this place. He's in this place. If you're a prodigal today, God is here to help you, to strengthen you, to bless you. He wants to help you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to bless your life. Oh, I feel your presence, Lord. I feel your presence, Lord. Come on, lift up a praise unto God with me right now in the name of Jesus. Lift up a praise unto God with me right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, stand with me in the name of the Lord and clap your hands unto Him and give Him praise. Give Him glory. Give Him honor. Oh, hallelujah. 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 We have to make up our mind. We have to commit ourselves to God. To say, Lord, I'm not going to be like the older brother who finds fault with those who come to meet you. I'm not going to take some kind of false pride that I've been here longer than them so I deserve something better than them no no be careful that you don't become like the older brother the older brother of the scriptures 
was a very challenging position. Cain was the older brother and he killed Abel. Judah and Reuben and Simeon and Levi and Naphtali and Issachar and Dan and Zebulun. Gad, these were older brothers. And they sold Joseph into slavery. Adonijah tried to supplant Solomon from being king. Esau vowed to kill Jacob. Older brothers. Don't be like the older brother. The Bible says the elder shall serve the younger. If we've been here longer, we serve those who come in. Those who are hurting, those who are broken, those who are addicted, those who are enslaved, those who are in chains, those, those who are suffering in life. Such were some of us. We're not here because we're good. We're here because God is good. <laughs> if you love your heavenly father, could you just lift up a praise unto him right now? Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, you're in your father's house. Make yourself at home. Just make yourself at home. But I've never been here before. That's all right. That's all right. You're going to grow to love the place. This is your father's house. <laughs> Woo, glory, glory. Hallelujah. This is your father's house. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. He's come to reconcile you unto himself. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Can you let the Lord reconcile you right now? I'm opening these altars in the name of Jesus. If you need to reconcile something with God, right now is a good time to do that. If you want to reconcile something with God right now, right now is a good time to do that. We're going to sing unto the Lord. And we're opening these altars. I want somebody who feels the tug of God's Spirit. I want you just to let the Lord move on you. Come down here and let us pray for you. If you've never repented of your sins, today would be a good time to repent of your sins. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, now would be a good time to be baptized in the name of Jesus. God can fill you with the gift of the Holy Spirit today. God can do it today. Woo! Hallelujah. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling. Come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with. The precious blood of Jesus Christ Oh, come to the altar The Father's arms are 
Can we give the Lord another great hand clap of praise in Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Pastor, for that word. This prodigal right here is great. Productions on today, what we have going on. And, um, you know, we're not just the kingdom of God four hours on a Sunday morning. You can come and you can sit and praise and worship in one service and volunteer for the other service in whatever order it is that those investments God has given back to me just as much in those as he has in my financial giving in other ways he'll bless you in your health bless you in your marriage bless you in your finances whatever it is when we're giving unto the kingdom he blesses that back he blesses you for that so we're offering this opportunity and I'm thankful for my testimony and if I had a few minutes more than a few minutes, I would share it. But the testimonies that are coming in, we've got an opportunity to be a part of those testimonies. So Connect Point, Sister Mirka Durst will be downstairs offering um, information on working at Connect Point. Uh, Brother Charlie Elliott will be down there helping and offering information on working in our sound and media. Brother Zach Glasgow will be down there offering information on ushering and greeting. And then Brother Jeremy Canute will be down there for information on security. And Dave Canute is out of town, so Jeremy's going to be answering questions about maintenance, building maintenance, cleaning. We've got another building right now that's being used with children's ministry that, that needs maintenance, that needs cleaning. We've got a baptismal room that was just redone over the last few months. And if people are capable of anything from hanging drywall or plugging in a light bulb, Brother Dave could use people that all you got to do is sign up and just be available. And when he needs somebody, he'll send out an email. And if we have 15, 20, 30 people that are available, you can say, hey, I can come help tonight. Or no, I can't make it tonight. But if we have a, a list of people that are available, that would be such a blessing to Tree Life. So if you can take just a few minutes, stop down and talk to them. Just see, you know, what they're offering and, and what their needs are. But again, if you can just come and sit one service and volunteer the next, that would be a huge blessing because 
we're investing in the kingdom. And, and you'll have testimonies out of your sacrifice and your service to the church. In Jesus' name, if you can take a few minutes today, thank you all.